Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Midnight Mission. My name's Scott Weatherly, and we're going to be talking about Moon Knight. Week on week, we're talking about the Disney Plus show, Moon Knight. And this week, I'm being joined by uh, some Comics in Motion legends, the, the absolute icons of Comics in Motion, <laughs> uh, Mike and Megan. Are you guys okay? Yeah, yeah, we're doing well. Uh, rewatched Moon Knight again, uh, which was always pleasant. And I've got a lot of uh, different opinions on this episode and how can I connect to the first one as well and where I've seen well I've obviously read Moon Knight and you and I had a big conversation about mm. Moon Knight uh, on Genuine Chit Chat Megan knows absolutely nothing at all I'm completely nothing blind uh, yeah nothing <laughs> at all That's I do it. not know anything <laughs> nice bringing you into the fold that's <laughs> <laughs> good so actually, before we get into the plot then because obviously this is now the second episode and um, you know as a novice, then Megan and coming to the show. But what are you, what are your feelings for the show so far? Like you've got Oscar Isaac and the different characters. What what are your thoughts? Having been a veteran of the other Disney Plus shows as well, I'm enjoying it so far. Mm. Um, I find the two different accents quite distracting sometimes. Yeah, yeah. like his his English accent, he sounds just like oh oh I'm sorry excuse oh 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 I'm so oh like typically like what people would impersonate a British to be like. Um, but yeah, I think it's fun. I'm I'm liking it. I'm intrigued by this Layla character i had to i had to google her because i was like i don't understand her i don't i don't know what her accent is i was like is it american is it what yeah. but she's like yeah i got different uh nationality in her so which explains why she has the accent um yeah i'm liking it it's good yeah and I, I think it's really cool as well um i think i probably enjoy it more than megan but because i know i have a better understanding of what's going on like from the first episode if you've read moon knight and obviously have we as we've discussed when things are popping up, I'm like, oh, cool. This is when this thing is happening. Oh, when is this character going to know this thing? So yeah. with us, it's less of a mystery. It's more of just, oh, you know, this you can kind of see what this interpretation of Moon Knight is, mm. uh, which is what I I do quite enjoy it. And yet there are, without saying, you know, saying exactly what I think immediately or with everything, but it's just that there are a few moments which I think misstep a smidge. But I think overall, it's a it's a good show. I think the, I probably like the first episode a bit more than the second, but I still yes. really enjoy it. I agree with that, actually. I think <clears throat> the setup in the first episode was what I thought was really strong. I thought, you know, Oscar Isaac as, as Stephen Grant. And I think, as you were saying, Megan, that sort of fumbling, bumbling sort of British. I mean, you know, he's somewhere between Hugh Grant and Frank Spencer. So it's sort of, <laughs> but it's fine. I was enjoying it and it was good. And it, it, it's it's a sort of a tilt, the tilt into comedy in this one that, again, sort of felt a little jarring for me. Not, you know, Jarrett's were the wrong word. It, it just felt misplaced. And we will talk about, um, and I'm not going to moan because there's a development to happen and characters, you know, get better or progress, whatever. But we will talk about Mr. Knight um, and the iteration of the suit. Um, but yeah, but should we walk, should we have a quick walk through the episode then? So yeah. uh, the episode starts um, and it's a complete, obviously, a follow on from the previous episode. The, the last episode ended with. Um, Stephen giving way so that Mark Spector or Mark, you know his name that time, Mark could take um, possession of the body, um, became Moon Knight and kicked the crap out of an Egyptian jackal. Um, next morning, St uh, Stephen wakes up in bed, uh, trying to sort of contact Mark, uh, Mark, and goes back to the museum to find that the toilets have been trashed, and that he is going to lose his job for having trashed toilets when they see him on uh, the, well, the security guard sees him on the security footage. Um, upon ret 
returning home. Um, well, he doesn't return, sorry, leaving that place. He goes to see his favourite statue, uh, mm. Crowley, <clears throat> and decides to go and track down a storage facility um, that he has the key for. And he finds it and finds that the Mark Spectre has a whole different setup and a different life. Um, so let's go to that. So from that point, so yeah, the whole in, from the museum up to the um, storage facility. What were your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, the introduction to this episode. Do you want me to start? Or you... Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I mean, I really like the idea that I, I think they touched upon it in the first episode, but the idea that non-special people <laughs> can see <laughs> these uh, Egyptian beasts. Mm. I think it adds another layer. Although I do have. There was a slight issue, I think, where they play with it too much in the final fight of episode two. We'll get to that. But yeah. I think that it, to begin with, at least, I really enjoyed no one else being able to see it because mm-hmm. it changes the whole dynamic of what he's going through. It just mm. adds another layer of isolation to like, no one knows what you're going through. Everyone thinks you're crazy. There's no way to prove it. And obviously everything's just getting ruined for him. And it's one of those things where if you're going or think you're going mad and you don't know what's going on in your head and then you've got all this going on as well, it's going to, I foresee potentially like a breaking point where it's like some sort of shatter and we maybe other personalities or whatever's going to come out or, you know, or Stephen Grant's going to mix into things. I'm not sure, but it seems like that's where it's going. It's mm. just trying to break Stephen Grant almost. It also doesn't help that he's got people actively telling him, essentially, you're nuts, mate. Like yeah. the, the, the HR guy is like, these are some really lovely doctors. Mm. It's like, take this leaflet. They'll help you because you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Which obviously doesn't help with his like mental state. He's like just affirming the fact that he's crazy. Yeah. 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 But- and I did like the living statue as well, I was going to say. Sorry. It's, <laughs> I know they're so knob to the comics yeah. as well. But, uh, that HR, I was going to mention that HR thing. Like, I, I did thought that was hilarious. Because he even says, like, I know this sounds very HR, but <laughs> you're not alone. And you can sort of go like, oh, no, no. Yeah, you are in this sort of circumstance. <laughs> like, you know, this is a very specific case. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was all quite funny, actually. Um, but, yeah, the living statue... Um, or what, yeah, yeah, the nod to the character Crowley from the original comics sort of coming back. I like the fact that, like, the only person that like Steve can talk to is someone who can't and doesn't talk back. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then he obviously, it's the, even that was a bit of a cliche that I think of like having a conversation with someone who doesn't respond and coming to your own conclusion to then thank the other person and them going, like, I don't know what I did. Um, it was sort of at that point that I was a bit like. Mm, okay, this this feels like they're leaning into comedy a little on this one. I'm not sure how it's going to work, mm. um, but you know we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, what about Megan yourself? So when they went to the storage, the whole thing, and they find the the guns and all the other stuff and, and all that, you're still new to this. I mean, how what, what where are you at with the mystery then of uh, him and, and Mark Spector? Well, I knew that I could, obviously there's something because at that point has he he's spoken to him, hasn't he? He's letting him in the like, story. That's their first yeah. full on. So conversation. yeah, he he knows that something's there. I think I think for oh, Stephen is that his name? I think for Stephen, obviously seeing that is like okay, cool. I'm I'm not nuts, but at the same time, there's something crazy going on. Like, mm. why is there a passport with my name on it that is a different person's name? It is intriguing because I want to know who he is like we know that he's some sort of what is it 
mercenary no 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 no. what's the word the I'm avatar gonna, thank you i was gonna oh. say animagus which i knew wasn't <laughs> the right word <laughs> um i want to know how that happened mm. so i'm intrigued by that yeah because there's been a lot dropped there's a lot of stuff dropped and this is gonna be really difficult because i did this with I was, trying to, I was trying not to do it with Tanya last week when I was like, I know all this stuff. I don't want to say it, but I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but it is dropped in this that the two things is that Mark um, slash Stephen isn't the first um, avatar of Conchu. Um, we find out that, uh, uh, that Harrow um, is or was. But there's also a drop line, and so several drop lines about um, he says, like, we died. You know, he says we and we owe it. We owe this sort of to. He, he, he refers to it as in servitude. He says that we owe you know a lot to Konshu. Like you know, if it wasn't him, we wouldn't be here. Um, and I'm not sure they're going to give much more. Um, and then in the car, we'll get to it in a little bit later on. There's more hints about what happened at an Egyptian dig site, and so all that sort of coming into play with the original comic uh, origin story. Um, so I will give you the choice at that point as to whether or not you want me to get those dots for you or you, you want to wait. But um, it's interesting how they are dropping that information. Sort of like, you know, it's not a full exposition yet. They're just dropping these hints. Um, and it, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I quite enjoyed that conversation between Mark and, and Stephen. What were your thoughts, um, Mike, in, that, in, the, in the storage locker? I thought it was really well done. You know, it it's weird to think how often in big movies you've got a character talking to themselves like when mm. i thought i was like oh that's quite cool and i was like, actually Gollum does it uh willem dafoe does it and then james franco does it well it's just uh, a way for them to Spider-Man, say their thoughts out loud isn't it rather than mm. doing this weird like voiceover yeah but i mean characters that are not necessarily possessed but you know where they look at themselves and you see their smiley happy facial expression and they look in the mirror or reflection of water and they're the angry version oh, I and see. they're having a Gollum, Def- yeah think like willem dafoe in the first spider-man film yeah. you know i love all of that stuff yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about that, and I think this is one of the best ways I've seen it done. And I think that's—I know you guys spoke about it in the last episode, but uh, hats off to Oscar Isaac, where he really works with the the voice, the accent, the mannerisms, yeah. the specific body language. It's even in that bit in the in the museum where you see him at the end of the um, security footage, and he's like, "Well, it's you, mate." And he's like, "No," he's like, yeah. "That's not me." Yeah, like, it's just the facial expression, isn't it? It's well done. Mm, very much so. Yeah, and his sort of shoulders and things, and he walks with a lot more confidence. Um, I mean, I, I like the stories look apart. I I thought it was really well shot as well. Mm. I, I thought I really liked you know where the person unlocks the padlock and then walks away, and you just kind of have it there for a moment. Um, but I will say with the stories look apart, although I really liked when we get to see Konshu a lot more in that. There was just that part where he's running, and I was like, "This has got about two or three too many." Yeah, him running with a screen face mm-hmm. in one direction. I was like, "You need one, maybe two, and then you move on." It's not funny enough to keep going, and it's not entertaining enough to stay. Really, you're just kind of like, "Okay, we saw the facility. You only need to show him go left once, and then we know he's going off course because he went in a straight line to get here." Basically, <laughs> yeah, so you don't need to see him do it loads and loads of times and then for him to just run out anyway you're just like i didn't no i I agree with that that felt overplayed and that felt again one of those leans where they're like this is funny like Mm. him screaming's funny let's put some of that in and so um yeah i I agree that sort of felt a little overplayed but yeah you said you mentioned about conscious as well because you get the first sort of like proper really good glimpse or really good this episode obviously gives a lot more uh conscious um, gonna have to, I'm going to have to get used to saying that to people now, which is weird. But yeah, so, you know, you, we've seen now the bird-headed god. Um, 
and I, I like the fact that there's that recognition as well, because obviously Mark says, you know, um, yeah, with sort of the avatar of, of Conshin, who's like the moon god. Like, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, if he's a god, because at the moment I'm getting like bad vibes <laughs> from from Conchu. I can't tell if he's a goodie or a baddie, but they mentioned that he's been exiled. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh. I, I think they will probably elaborate on it, but without giving too much away of the limited stuff I know, I think it's he's not good or bad necessarily. It's kind of dependent. Because he made a comment that he only kills people that have already done harm. Mm. Well, I would presume that's more his opinion because both of the, the, the antagonist and the protagonist, uh, so well, let's just call, say Moon Knight and then also uh, Harrow, Ethan Hawke's character, mm. they're both serving the gods. The guy with the scales. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They're both serving gods who are both have their own form of sort of what their own justice, justice. is. Yeah. So right. it's kind of like what interpretations of that and it's it's that kind of age-old argument of... So they're basically like Batman. I was going to say, not necessarily because <laughs> I think Moon Knight... Is you want to be careful with that comparison? Okay. Yeah, because that, that is a very <laughs> triggering thing. But... Yeah, really? yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea, so just to so Konshu is... Um, you know, he says about the god of vengeance as well. So, and it's about blood vengeance. So it's not like just a slap on the wrist. So mm-hmm. there, there's an excessiveness to the punishment. Um, like in the first episode, you saw like all the people on the floor with the blood on their heads, and he was like covered. Just, yeah, he murdered yeah, all those right, people. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, and the same with like, with Amet though, um, that because like Harrow, Arthur Harrow is is the avatar of of Amet. Um, that god's more about past, present, and future. And we get the conversation, which we'll get to in a bit, which is a bit more sort of like, he's like, well, what right do you have to judge innocent people? Like, just because they've had an evil thought or they may do something in the future. You know, it works on this deterministic um, concept of like, if you're thinking of doing something evil, then you're going to do something evil. So you deserve to be punished. But it obviously doesn't work that way. Um, but yeah, so we, we've got obviously that moment. So we'll follow on. So we meet Layla. You were saying about Layla before for the first proper time here. And she drops a whole bunch of information. She is Mark Spector's wife. Um, she doesn't believe that, that Stephen Grant is a real person, that he is an affectation that Mark is putting on, uh, excuse me, to hide away from people. Um, they go back to the flat. He happily hands over the scarab um, to her. so that she was, And then we are introduced to two more characters that uh, I believe is, well, they are police because they've got the badges, um, but they're also part of the Arthur Harrow cult um but they take spectra or they take so they take stephen grant off um and that is where you get the information about what he did in egypt uh, on the dig and then you get the conversation at that interesting little it's like a it's like a, a commune but in the center of london mm. yeah um in in the ruins of something i don't know what it was um, which is obviously led by Arthur Harrow. So all up to that point. So what were your thoughts on meeting Layla? Let's talk about Layla first. Um, what were your thoughts on Layla? Um, Layla's cool. You like Layla? I like Layla. She's mm. cool. She's a badass woman. <laughs> She's like throwing divorce papers out. Like, hey, give me a divorce. Well, he was the one. He wants the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. But she brought them to him. But obviously she tracked his phone and all that stuff, which is really... Badass. Well, really she's gonna it. come in handy because she knows all the like Egyptian stuff. Like mm-hmm. she was looking, she was reading all the hieroglyphics, and I don't know. Like, she's smart because she can read poetry in French because that's smart. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I think she's gonna be helpful. Would you? Otherwise, they wouldn't really introduce her, would they? <laughs> what do you think about her connection to? I it's confusing because. Mm. 
who's the who's the original like who's the real is is are they are they one person is Mm. it like a multiple personality disorder is mark the original and then he's created this weird like side person as a as a decoy much like Layla was saying or and then but obviously they're married and they've spent a whole life together so how long has Mark been in the body and how long has like Stephen been asleep like yeah. it's confusing <laughs> it, it is I think I think intentionally so uh, to touch on that point there's actually a few things I had to cover and so I am going to take a little tangent into comic world uh, just to cover some of that off so um, and this doesn't answer the questions for the TV show. This is no spoiler because they're, they're going off in a different direction for a lot of things. In the comics, though, they've dealt with this a lot. Originally, um, Mark Spector is the original. Mark Spector has always been the original character. So he was a mercenary. Um, he did do some terrible things, worked for like, CIA and other stuff and that joined sort of uh, when he was created in the 70s. <clears throat> uh, and then when he became Moon Knight, the avatar of Khonshu, he created these additional personas uh stephen grant who was is like a rich um you know so, uh, socialite and then jake lockley who's his cabbie sort of like man on the street and he used those to gain information to help him solve crimes that was a, sort of the idea they sort of blended to eventually become this sort of uh version of did the dissociative identity disorder and so now that's fully accepted that Mark is the original, and then Stephen and uh, Jake exist as alternate personalities. Um, In the comics, it's it's a childhood thing. There's a childhood trauma that sort of led Mark to create Stephen, um, but then that was sort of like dumbed down over time, and then there was a further trauma when he died, and it brought it all back up again. That's all. So, again, my expectation, I think what's going to happen is we're going to find that it was always Mark, it was always Mark up until the moment he died. And then in his death, this, this DID, this mental illness or whatever, this, this, um, these alters emerged out of the sort of trauma that was his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, because one of the things again is that they've got different takes. Like we find out that Stephen is living in his mum's flat. Um, he, keeps, he keeps leaving her voicemail messages and stuff didn't he, in the last episode. Yeah. And, and, um, because then when Layla says, oh, so you're talking to her again. And so I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, so there's obviously this relationship with his parents or whatever. Um, and so there's, a, there's this, this thing of like, yeah, Stephen, Stephen, I think I reckon there will be a conversation. But, and I'm hoping it's not this simple because it's cliched, but like there'll be this thing of like, have you got baby photos of you? Where did you go to school? You know, who was your first girlfriend? These sort of things. And Stephen won't be able to answer those questions. And then it'd be, that's the point. You you don't have a childhood. Like Mark Spector was mm. childhood. You don't. Um, that's where I think it feels like it's leading a little bit. Mm. It could like it, it could be any matter of things because there could be sort of another personality and they could both be these per parts mm. of it. It could be obviously the wife thing is much more hinting towards Mark being the original, but it's there's it's like long term, isn't it? Yeah, but mm. it's also there's no like she's obviously been like, oh, he's He's been missing for a long period of time. She, yeah, um, she says she's been trying to contact him for months. Yeah, when he's at the gift shop, people, they don't say, oh, you're the new guy and you're yeah. mental. They're like, oh, you're, something's going wrong with you at the moment. When, they, when the, the air quotes nice person talks to him about doctors and stuff, it's, you know, very HR thing. It's, it's not like you are mental. Why did you start working here? It's, oh, recently you've had a bad time. So it's like, well, how yeah. long has he been there? Has it been years? Has it been more than years? For all we know, you know, Layla's been trying to find him for 
five plus years and then he's become the main in air quotes of the body that mm. it could be a, a sort of it's, it's, it's becoming more interesting especially with something that conscious said to him which we'll get to a bit later but i like layla i think cool i think she's going to be like an anchor point to the mystery yeah where it's kind of we're going to circle around her and everything's kind of she's going to be the one to reveal it all in a sense i think <clears throat> she she is a replacement character um i was trying to think of a better phrase for it but so in the comics there's a character called marlene uh Al-Uran, who is the, is the daughter of the archaeologist that Spectre killed when he was then killed to become Moon Knight. And so she becomes like his girlfriend and, and sort of like, you know, partner. And she becomes her own thing within the comics. But they've clearly taken that character and made it Layla, um, which is kind of cool because it gives it a bit more of a dimension. Like, I'm, you know, I'm glad it's not just Marlene because in the comics, she's a bit of a, like, she was a bit of a damsel in distress for the most part. And so they've given Layla her own agency, which I, I think is a much better way to go. Um, one of the important characters, obviously, we, 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 we've now got to is Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow. Um, we, we spent quite a bit talking about him last week, but um, I'm really interested to see what you got. What do you guys think of, um, I'll start with you, Megan, as, as of this character of um, Arthur Harrow, played by Ethan Hawke, and, and this sort of little commune in the middle of the city? I think, first of all, he looks like Kevin Bacon. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which is the first thing that I said to Mike when I saw him. I was Tony Aria said that I think in the last episode yeah. as well. Um, it, it is interesting because like the commune itself, they all seem really happy, but it gives me the kind of vibes from um, Midsummer. No, the the beach. Oh yeah, yes. Like yeah. it's all happy go lucky until one thing will go wrong and then you'll see them turn. I mean, you kind of saw it, didn't you? Because he was being all nicey nice and then he was like, now that brings us on to the, 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 the scarab. And then everyone was like, chairs moving, standing up, mm. being on, like, on a defense. Mm. So there's obviously something more sinister going on there, but I think his character's cool. Yeah. Mm. I think his morals are, are like, an interesting perspective it's kind of like um it's like thanos really isn't it it's like that kind of is it thanos yeah mm. yeah like, yeah, like it's like that kind of debate isn't it as to mm. what would what's morally right yeah I, I made a note and i wrote um and then as soon as i look at it i'm going to completely lose even finding uh where i wrote it down where i think the term would be <laughs> And there we go. I've completely lost it. So I was, I was, I had a specific term that I wrote down. It's kind of, oh, it's um, a utopia at a price. Yes. So you get everything that's perfect and stuff, but it comes with a price. And pretty much the the price for utopias are pretty much always very, very heavy. You get it in so many movies. You know, we just mentioned a couple and things where everything seems perfect, and there's always something horrendous that's going on behind the scenes. And I think that's kind of the idea, as as Megan said. And I think that he is a really he's better because no one wants the standard evil anymore no one wants just why are you evil because i hate humans okay mm. like it doesn't work in that way obviously we saw uh, the batman and no spoilers for that but it was that villain was more grounded because it wasn't just he had a motive just like this has a yeah. motive and that's what makes a more balanced a more well more balanced villain which makes you more interested by them rather than wanting them to be off screen to make way for someone else like, all the best superhero movies in those genres have big villains even things like die hard and action movies no no i agree i mean yeah, the, the motivation but I like, I like the point you made megan as well but i mean debate like you could easily I, mean, I, I could see someone taking up that position and saying like 
as he said in the last episode as well, like, well, look, if you could prevent evil from happening, you know, and it, <clears throat> you often sort of, I'm sure, you know, um, trying to tap into something more current, like, if you could say we could prevent these school shootings from happening because we could identify that at source, that's, that's surely a good thing. You know, like we could take that person out. Um, we could have saved all these lives and that sort of thing. And then, of course, there's sort of Stephen then comes back with the counter, which is like, yeah, but they haven't done it yet. Like you, you know, just if you can identify it, then why don't you treat it and address yeah. it rather than kill them? <laughs> like, because yeah. he starts saying about children, doesn't he? he says, so, so what? You're you're going to start killing children? Yeah, it made me laugh when he was like. I draw the line at baby murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's good. I do like Oscar Isaac, he does very well. Like, he's actually really good at times, I think, especially as sort of Stephen Grant of that balance. And uh, that, that was a good line. But it's a good debate. I think I could see that thing of like, and you can see why in this world of division today that people do take up causes and sort of stick to them. I mean, like, you know, a ridiculous amount of people still believe in QAnon. Mm. I mean, sort of like, they're still, you know, they still believe all that stuff. So I could totally believe a Facebook page that's like, you know, Arthur Harrow was right. Yeah. Um, and the dangers that sort of go behind it. But you, and I like, your, I like your point as well, Mike, about this idea of like utopia at a price. Because you do, you see that he's like, you know, oh, they, they, we, we learn multiple languages and we have, you know, vegan lentil soup and we're growing our own vegetables and we're doing this and we're sort of sitting together as a commune. But we are going to do it. We're also, we're into baby murder. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, um, it was it is an interesting sort of setup, actually. It's quite an interesting sort of philosoph philosophical debate that could, you know, if drawn back, like you, you sort of, because let's be fair, Conchu's not much better like when you see the result of what Mark does as Moon Knight, it's all pretty definitive. Like, you know, you mentioned Batman before, like Batman has a no kill rule for the most part. It's quite liberal with it. It's quite yeah, liberal there's there's it, a lot it? of shoving people off really high buildings. Yeah, like, there is. That, yeah. Or in the, the movies. movies, dropping, you know, a bomb down somebody's trousers. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, Moon Knight has got no compunction about that. Like, you know, he's never has. Like, everyone sort of has, uh, he has this reputation of being like the, one of the most violent Marvel characters, um, which I would debate is whether it's true or not. But he has no compunction about killing. You know, like, he knows, like, you know, that that's sometimes the answer. Like, the Joker wouldn't stand a chance in New York. Um, yeah. Like, you know, he'd be like, no, this is ridiculous. Just kill him. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorted um and so yeah there's going to be i think there will come a point when we're going to be looking at mark and moon knight i mean like yeah you are on the side of right but it's sort of like you know fractionally <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's very extreme um but mm. i want to also ask um the opinion on with it being this uh the scales crew i don't know what they'd be called the followers of uh, ahmed ahmed mm. yeah the followers of ahmed Although I really like how it's working in the story and it's always cool with that sort of thing, I am starting to go a little bit of Marvel. Does every series and movie or collection <clears> of movies <throat> have its own underground organization that's rooted yeah. in the police and this and this? Because you've got Shield and Sword and um, the uh, Crolls or Scrolls, and you've also got like basically every phase flag, sm flag smashers. And... Yeah. Oh, the, the are they the ones that yeah, so like, the, the, they're the Falcon ones from the, the winter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say because there's those, and also then there's the um, 
there's other special agent squads and things like yeah. you know US agents. No one, no one in the M- MCU is who you think they are. They've all got four jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit like I think this it works because it's more culty than like an yeah, organization. Yeah, yeah. But still, when they're in the police, I'm like, okay. So how how many more of whatever are we going to watch until there's another underground organization? So another one. Is this the same universe as like Thor? Yes, it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, assumedly my prediction, my vague guess would be this: it's a mini series. They haven't confirmed any other series. It's seemingly going to be the six episodes, and then they're going to do an Avengers movie. Mm. And Moon Knight's going to pop up in it. That's or be a a semi central part of it, depending how. The, <laughs> yeah, at this at this point, it's all very much sort of. <clears throat> you get the feeling that there's something coming with the MCU, but then they really are high, keeping their cards close to the chest because. You know, Oscar Isaac's been asked, like, what's the future for Moon Knight? Even the director's like, what's the future for Moon Knight? And they're all like, well, we've had conversations, but we don't, you know, there's no contract. We haven't said, you know, the usual stuff. So don't really know what's going to happen. Um, I think they use this stuff to see how popular it is. Like, if it fell fell on its ass, they'd sort of just be like, oh, yeah, Moon Knight's over here in this little part and not part of the rest. Ignore that sort of thing. But (laughs) it may be that it'll fit into the the wider scheme uh, down the line. It's interesting that on Disney Plus, um, I don't know if it's the same for American uh, watchers. I assume it is. That it's got twelve plus and sixteen plus, mm. and I've noticed that both episodes of Moon Knight have been sixteen plus. Mm. Um, and I, I mean, apart from the blood in the first one, I don't think so far it feels like it should be sixteen. But I wonder if they're just being like, we can't let twelve-year-olds watch this because in episode five he's going to beat someone to death, and you're well, going to watch it. So I'm not sure. This, if- this episode, this is interesting because there's, there's a debate online now. Does this episode reintroduce the first, uh, you know, I'm not sure if we can say us, fuck it. it. Does it introduce the first fuck into the MCU? The, 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 is the F-bomb dropped in this episode? Has it been uh, dropped? When yeah. is he, does, it, so, when, does he yell it out loud? Yeah, so when he's he, angry. He, he swears, oh. yeah. So when he was, when he stamps on the, later on he stamps oh, on that yeah, mirrored yeah. surface. And I watched it and I was like, I'm sure he just dropped the F-bomb. And um, it was online. People have said, no, it was this and that. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be, you know, if you had the subtitles on as well, like, you know, he dropped a, he says shit a couple of times. So mm. you're right. I think there's that. Because um, you're right. The violence isn't anything exceptional at the so moment. Far, Falcon the Witness Order, I'd say, has had worse. It's literally the one that like beheaded the guy with a oh shield. My, oh yeah, God, and the that, blood that bit was awful. Yeah, yeah. You, couldn't, like, you didn't even difference. see anything, but I, I literally couldn't look at it. I it was, was like, so this, well is, this is too much. It's one of the best parts of the whole show. Yeah, um, but it is. You, you see that, and there's a lot of punching. Whereas in this, there's been, you know, CGI jackal fighting, and then there was that scene in the first episode where there was the pools of um, blood around the bodies, but and on his hands. But that, that's that's a twelve. I've seen worse. Things. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. I think you're right. I think they're leading up to something. Um, and we'll see. Um, we'll get to we'll get to something in a bit actually, because obviously what happens is you said about the scarab. Um, Arthur Harrow starts asking about the scarab. They all stand up. They all start sort of trying to quiz it, and they're, they're obviously pushing Stephen to say where is it. Badass Layla turns up, sort of like <laughs> taken on. That's quite cool. Uh, and then in, in a, a sort of a chase ensues, and she keeps saying to, to Stephen, "Summon the suit." You know, you need to summon the suit. Um, and Arthur uses uh, his staff uh, that has some power from Amet to uh, summon an Egyptian jackal kind of thing. This is this is where I'm going to start adding a bit of flack to this um, story because th- it was pointed a little bit last week, but it, it was more obvious this week. The CGI on this is a bit shoddy in <laughs> places. The jackals and things. The jackals, it gave me the mummy 
um, and I'm talking Brandon Fraser, the mummy. <laughs> Good mummy. <laughs> yeah, um, kind of vibes. So I'm like, yeah, it's all right, but I'm I'm getting like early 2000s from it, not mm. 2022 level CGI. So it feels a little lazy. Um, but they do. There's, there's some. There's some uh, there were some funny lines. I did like it when he says, um, "Oh my god, I'm going to die in a dark magician's man cave." <laughs> I thought it was quite cool. And then when he does go out there, he goes out the window. He does summon the suit, but he doesn't summon. The regular suit. He hasn't, doesn't summon the suit we saw last time. He summons a three-piece suit and a mask uh, and some batons. Um, and then obviously the jack comes out and the fight ensues in um, the centre of London. Uh, he then, after, after Stephen gets his ass handed to him a little bit, Mark takes over, summons the caped, hooded uh, Moon Knight suit and takes on the jackal um, and we'll go up to there. So the whole fight bit, let's talk about that. So they introduce Mr Knight. Mike, what do you think of that look? I mean, I love the look, to clarify. Yeah. Um, I think it looks amazing. Um, he looks very sharp. Um, uh, but I do have the questions of, like, I, from the, the small amount I know from the comics, I didn't think Moon Knight had any extraordinary powers. I thought he was probably just maybe a bit more resistant, but because he's, you mm. know, uh, Konshu is a god of... Uh, I think resurrection, isn't it? Is part. Yeah, of it. he's a god of a, he's a god of a number of things, depending on what arc you read. And I think they <laughs> did say that in episode one. I think. So yeah. I don't think I was pointing anything. Um, but so I assume my assumption was, oh, Moon Knight maybe is going to be one of those characters where he kind of dies and comes back quite a lot. Mm. And there's the I know that you guys spoke about in episode one where when he wakes up and relocates his jaw, or whatever, was he actually dead then when he yeah. fell out that building? And then he cracked himself and consciously maybe brought him back. And it's like. I thought it was going to be Moon Knight isn't invulnerable. He's just a person, but he just keeps being alive. Mm. Whereas when he fell and he landed on his fist, then was just a bit like, ow, Wait, well, he, he bloody knocked his head going yeah, down. Yeah, I was asking to say it that. It was like yeah. an absolute thump. I would have mm. knocked you out. If not, yeah. if not killed you. And he yeah. falls into hero pose. I like that. He falls into hero, and then sort of like flops <laughs> to the side. Yeah. And I was like, so how, what level of power does he, he now hold? Because I'm like, I don't like characters when they're too overpowered i like mm. it a lot I, I much prefer uh someone who can just get absolutely beaten to a pulp and then recover really fast like what like wolverine thinks okay you can watch him basically get tortured and he's yeah, okay yeah. rather than someone like superman who just doesn't get a cut um we've seen him with cuts and things i just wonder like how much power does the suit have that's my more question yeah no, that's a good one because it's good in the comics none mm. um there is a run, which actually Arthur Harrow comes from. There's a, a, a six-issue run from the 80s called uh, The Fist of Conchu. And he does have powers in that. He and it, But he has, like, super strength. Depending on the phases of the moon, it gets very weird and complicated. Like <laughs> So he's, like, the most strong at full moon mm. and then sort of pretty much normal um, when there's no moon, which is really inconsistent and really difficult when you're fighting crime, you know, sort of like, well, I can take on this massive thing but uh, two days from now, oof, not not so much. <laughs> Can we reschedule, please? Well, yeah. There were a couple of shots of him running along the rooftop with, which I, I thought one was like, yeah, that's cool. That's I described it as, um, I don't know if I'm jumping a bit ahead, but it was the trailer shots uh, yes. when he fights the thing. I was like this, I saw one, I was, you know, he jumps across the rooftop and I was like, oh, that's from the trailer. And then mm. there was another part of him running with the moon behind him. I was like, okay, that looks coolish, I guess, unnecessary, but it looks cool. And then there was another and I was like, okay, is this scene, was this the first things you guys shot for the whole movie it feels this a the bit pilot, like, like almost yeah like, here's the test footage we sent that to the executives they said it was good let's keep it in it's quite good a couple a dude running across uh, with a moon really big behind him is like it's because he's moon knight mike no i know yeah. but it's just yeah, a bit that like was, yeah. 
Sort it out, Mike. I don't know why it is. I'm just a bit like, eh. I, I agree with what you're saying, though, because this is this is where I start to give this flack. So, and I'm going to give it time. Because you're right, I love the Mr. Knight look. So, uh, again, I'm, I've got to give comic knowledge. So in 2014, there was a run written by Warren Ellis and drawn by Declan Shelby, and they introduced this new persona. It was it was actually done as, I think it's called Marvel Now. Yeah, Marvel Now, which was from that sort of period. And they sort of revamped him. And so he still has the cowl and, and cape figure uh, costume, but Mr. Knight is like a new persona, it's a new version. But he's supposed to be like, like a detective, but he's also, like you say, pretty badass. Like that's the, the costume he wears a lot. Um, there's an issue where, if you've ever seen The Raid, um, it's a I bit have. like that. Like the whole issue is literally he pulls up at these doors. A girl's being taken hostage. She's on the fifth floor at the top, and it's him fighting his way to the top um, in that suit. And so he like you know he loses his jacket and he's got the the batons and his, his uh, moon darts and this other stuff. So the crescent darts. So he's got all these bits and pieces. So, but then when they're sort of like it's Stephen in that in that suit, I was like oh, okay interesting. And then it basically became there was at least one moment when I was like. This feels a little Deadpool. I was going to say, I was Deadpool gonna say light. as soon as he brought out the the batons, I was like, it was Deadpool. Yeah, and he was like, think of Deadpool. And also, yeah. the thing that confused me as well is that obviously, so Stephen can summon the suit, but it can be him that's wearing it. Yeah. But then, if he he can then summon Mark, but if he goes to sleep. Mark can just take over. Yes. So when he turned into the suit, I thought Mark had taken over because I thought he would have been knocked out. Well, I think that's what we're, what we're supposed to think. Because when he hits that hero pose on the floor, I think we're supposed to be like, oh, Mark's in charge. Yeah, right. It's ass kicking time. And then he falls over. He bamboozled over. me. <laughs> yeah. Now, the one thing I was, I was saying, there's a drop line as well. Um, well anyways, it comes later, actually. It comes after this, but it made, it made more sense. Was... Uh, Konshu says to Mark when Mark's in control, he says, I will do anything to protect you. He's in, you're worth keeping around. Like, I need you at the moment, you know, because we'll talk about the avatar in a moment. But he says, I'll do anything to keep you, know, to keep you safe. Or not like in a, in a protective way, but like, no, look, I'm giving you these powers. Like, I will do things to make sure you can complete this mission. And as you said, uh, Megan, like, he, he thwacks his head on that thing on, on a big pipe as he comes down. So. <clears throat> There's a part of me that thinks, although Stephen was trying to summon the suit, Konshu allowed him to summon the suit. Hmm. And like I say, it just became that iteration of a three-piece suit, which is kind of cool. Um, and so I'm hoping that look returns, because I think it looks really cool. But I'm hoping it returns in a bit more similar effect of like, because Mr. Knight is badass in the, in, the, in the books. Like he's the sort of the public facing, but like still pretty uh, tough. So... Because I've read a very small amount of him in, uh, I, I think, some of the... I, I've read uh, certain uh, Spider-Man arcs, like uh, Red Goblin, where Carnage mm. merges with Green Goblin. I can't remember if he was in that or if he was in Absolute Carnage. I think he was in Absolute Carnage and all the spin-offs, because I read, like, every... Mm. The Road to on Marvel Limited, mm-hmm. and then everything to do with it. It took me a long time. And he, I remember him popping up as Mr. Knight in that. And so when he came up in this show, I was like, oh, he's... What, in made- the Carnage stories? Yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen. No, here. I know, but, but I'm just trying. I'm reading. just trying to connect the dots because at the moment I can't picture like this being in the same universe as Spider-Man and and all of the other stuff. Oh so yeah, they they inter- the fact that they've met. We're in the comics. Like he was in, you know, Civil War, uh, uh, Captain America: Civil yeah. War. 
in the comics, that was a massive event with everyone, all the X-Men, yeah. Wolverine, everyone, including Moon Knight uh, was involved in a very small way as well. And he's had conversations with Captain America. Yeah. So there's it, a whole net of it. It kind comics. of gives me Venom vibes, to be honest. Like mm. It's like the same the kind of... Venom, you mean, yeah. Yeah, the, the movie right? Venom. It's the same kind of relationship, isn't it? That it's like kind of that symbiote. Yeah, the symbiote. Mm. Yes, that's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's it's sort of that thing, is it? But he's, he's sort of keeping alive, so he's giving him things that he needs, has and when. So I felt like that was a thing. And then, but you're right, he has super strength as well. So it's giving him super strength. Um, depicted as he crunches that but car bumper. Um, but the whole fight then just descends into invisible thing comedy. Yeah. Which it sort of felt silly. And it, it, when the woman just says, like, you know, people are going, like, what's he doing? Oh, it's a, it's a fancy drunk. And I was just like... No, he's having a seizure. He's having a seizure. <laughs> and I was just like, this, this is where I'm like, we still haven't had Moon Knight being badass. Like, we have, still haven't had, like you said, like, we haven't, you know, we've seen little glimpses of it, but still not had, like, that big, proper blowout fight. And I'm like... By the end of episode two, I'm beginning to feel like you need to pay this off soon. Hmm. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's going to start, you know, feeling disappointed. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the invisible fight, I thought, I was like, oh, cool, we're going to do that thing, which happens. It's a trope, once again, where, you know, n- not, uh, muggles can't see a thing happening and the yeah. special <laughs> magic people can. Muggles can't see the Dementors. Yeah, yes. and all those sorts of stuff. And then, so it, it's the trope that happens a lot in uh, whenever magic's involved in a lot of stuff. And it's fine, because I said at the start, I quite liked it. Mm. But then when it happens here, I was hoping... It's a standard trope, but I like it when you do the thing where you, it's kind of like, here's a shot where you can't see it, then here's a shot where you can, then here's a shot, you know, almost from what person's perspective you're kind of following. Mm-hmm. But it just, and it kept doing Moon Knight only in the frame and Moon Knight's perspective, but he was still fighting invisible stuff. And I was like, after a while of it, I was like, this doesn't feel like a decision they made because it was the best thing to do. This feels like a Deadpool 1 decision where they ran out of budget and they yeah, decided... Yeah. Why would you just keep it invisible? It's just cheaper to not have him fighting anything. Yeah, but there were also a couple of moments that I found a bit off-putting as well. Is when Layla, like, I think she gets a bottle and she hits the mm. the jackal around like the head with it, and then you mm. see like a weird little glimmer that you where the liquids come off it. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I just, it, yeah, it took, I don't know. Took then you could see it slightly, and I was like, oh, right, okay, it's not. It's well, not that, no, no, I agree with that because it's it's that thing of. Then what is it like? If if Mark can see it, or sorry, Stephen can see it as you know as, as Moon Knight, but Layla can't. But he, he also Stephen can see it when he's not Moon Knight. Yeah, because it breaks through the doors uh, in that um, building, and he's going like Jackal, Jackal, and she's going like What? I can't see anything. Because in in the in the security footage, or in when the Jackal's in the thing, the Jackal didn't destroy anything, did it? You don't see it. Well, it. Um, because obviously in the security no. footage you didn't see anything. It, no, you it just see a... him wrecking stuff. Like, well, that's what you is suggested that they saw. They say, yeah, there's yeah. no one else there but him. So, so it is a it's a physical thing. It's just yeah. you can't see it in theory. Yeah, yeah, but that sort of like you say, I, I, when you say let's say like say the Invisible Man, right? You're watching a film like the Invisible Man. He's physically there, but he is invisible. So you throw paint over him or flour or what water or whatever, and it gives that that thing that's been thrown over them gives them that sort of reflection, you, that physicality. Light can no longer pass through or whatever's happening. But with this, we are being shown both. We're being shown both a sort of like a textual physical item that's, that's, that Moon Knight is fighting, 
or Stephen is fighting. And then you're also seeing this other version that's got water on it that Layla can see because she can only see the water. And again, I'm like, well, it's not invisible then because it's got he can see it in full color. So what what is this thing? Like it doesn't feel like consistent. And this where this whole this whole section just really sort of bothered me. I was like, oh, it feels so like you said as well. Oh, this is where we, we can't continue to do these ja- these jackal effects because they look crap. But is that- the jackal was created by the guy with the like the staff. Yeah, the Harrow staff, brings yeah. it up from the ground. Um, so why would it only be visible to one person? Yeah, I know exactly. His followers, <laughs> did his followers when he did that? Because yeah, his followers out. all stepped back, didn't they? They yeah. were like, "Oh fuck, something's gonna happen." So if they get the tattoo, so if I go out now and get a scales tattoo, I could see invisible monsters. Well, yeah. One of the things that I wonder about this, and this is this is the thing again you say about this this uh, underground and all this other stuff and things being secret. We we're now watching a world because this is post Endgame, right? We're now in Phase Four, right? So it's into the future. So I think like, like 23, 20, 2023, 2024, 2025, whatever the year is now in the MCU. But these people are living in a world post blip. So everyone's come back. Um. They've seen alien invasions. They've seen, um, you know, elves, dark elves destroying London. So the London's aren't. So they've seen all this stuff. So super robots. Super, yes, exactly. Like super robots. They've seen gods, you know, thunder gods. They've seen super soldiers. They've seen Iron Man. Like they know all this stuff exists. Yet this show seems to be working incredibly hard to keep this as a sort of like the public can't know about this thing. Hmm. And yeah. it feels almost like this should be phase one of MC of the MCU, where like, oh, they don't know about this. Now I'm like, no, if they saw a jackal running through the town fighting someone, you know, there'd be there should be an element now of just like, ugh, they're at it again. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Especially um, in London, because yeah, exactly, in, yeah. I think in Spider Man, yeah, because Spider Man goes to London, doesn't he? In Far From Home, well, it's, it's either it's either that was in is it Avengers when the the guy who Iron Man calls Squidward, who's voiced by Domino Gleason, when he used all his things no or is that what there's a, there's a bit in far from if, home at the ending of far from home is in yeah london is far from home yeah when um, he's fighting against mysterio yeah Jake yeah mm. oh, he's like, okay, that's what yeah. i said yeah i said yeah because i remember it's where all the drones are i yeah. was getting that bit confused with the scene in infinity war when uh peter sees all the um when he gets goosebumps and he's oh in the yeah, yeah, bus. yeah because there's an a Ferris wheelie eye thing on yeah. the outside. No, that's, that's in New York, isn't it? That's at the start of uh, uh, Infinity War. Outrageous. But yeah, but you're right. That it, I don't know. It, just having them as invisible feels like a step removed from like. I'm like, why? Why does it need to be invisible to people? Like Thor too, as you said before. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Thor Dark World was took place in London. But Layla knows this Egyptian stuff. They've been following this Egyptian stuff, like you know. So introduce her. She, you know, this introduces her to the supernatural thing. So, and she knows the suit exists. So she's not like she's, you know, she's not shy of things being supernatural. It just feels like this overcomplication um, at this point. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it just felt messy. This whole section felt messy, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, this was my least favorite part. And I am, I don't mind the odd quip when it works in infinity yeah. war and Endgame, there are some really funny parts but and it doesn't take away from the main story but what i don't want from moon knight is i i don't want it to be deadpool light i don't mm. want it to be someone who beats people to a pulp that's funny about it necessarily because this has the chance to have some really deep dark intense themes which it does seem to 
to get into but as soon as it does it kind of comes back out a little bit i know the mcu gets criticized for that anyway but i feel like moon knight it's it's a 16 plus there's violence in this yeah, it's yeah. about a serious psychological disorder mm-hmm. it's about egyptian gods it's like quite adult themes in certain elements and it's just like we don't have to have everything be quippy all the time think yeah the thing is i think we will find and we do find so we, if we get to the end because obviously then mark takes over becomes moon knight i like the fact he can pull the crescent darts out of his chest yeah, like, cool. that was kind of uh, that's kind of cool he basically then runs across the uh, the um uh the rooftops he does it for the right reason i like that i like the fact that that steven gives in for the right reason where he's like Stephen, like, you can't do this. If you keep doing this, like, someone's going to get hurt. Like, look at the mess you're causing. And so he is doing it for the right reasons. Like, he has, so, the, and again, it said earlier, Arthur Harrow actually says, like, Conchu latches onto people that have quite a sort of strong moral compass. However, the consequences can still be quite violent. So, yeah, he takes out the jackal. But it's, sort of, again, it feels kind of, like, perfunctory, doesn't it? Sort of, like, he jumps off, grabs it, impales it on a fence or on whatever it's in paled on and it dissolves and you're like oh okay like there's no fight there's no sort of like <laughs> it, it feels really sort of like i was like oh all right well you know that was that was kind of short <laughs> um yeah uh, but then we do get this thing of like mark's now in charge of the body and i, I did like this thing of steven actually being conscious and uh being a submissive alter and him saying like this is horrible, like I can barely move. I don't know what I'm. I don't know how to control this. And like Mark's going, like, you got to breathe through it. Like you'll get used to it. So he's trapped. And then this argument that ensues. Um, I think you know. I don't know what you feel, but I felt like you, well, actually, this up. You get more of Mark at this point. You learn about him and Conchu and, and what he's like. You get much more of Mark Specter. What are your thoughts on him now compared to Stephen Grant, uh, Megan? Oh God! Do you want me to go first? No, I I think that he is going to be a complicated character. Mm. There's going to have to have been a lot for him to get to this point. Like, obviously, for him to get taken over by a a god, essentially. So so okay, so he died, and that's mm-hmm. how Conchu has he's has resurrected. Resurrected. He's resurrected. It's like a, a life debt yeah. almost. So sort of so. Yeah, there has to have been some sort of story. I, w- I want to hear more about his backstory. Yeah, yeah. More so than, well, if Stephen has one, because obviously we don't know if he's actually... Got one. Yeah. Got one. But, I, I, yeah, I'd like to hear more about Mark Spector. I'm intrigued mm. by him. Mm. Yeah, because from what I've what they've already given us, drips and drabs of information, obviously, Scott, you elaborated on it somewhat. I would still personally really like to see the... I think they will get to that. I'm hoping it's going to be quite soon. Um, that kind of thing where I, I want to see the the origin in air quotes. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't I think like you're going to get a flashback. I think you're going yeah, to get a flashback, especially because where they've gone to now, where the yeah. ending is like, oh, we're in Egypt now. Well, like, he's brooding, isn't he? He's sat yeah. there, mm-hmm. he's drunk, he's sat on the floor, he's brooding, looking out at e- Egypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of flashback. One would expect, uh, and yeah, so I, I want to see it. I want to see that all happen and. You know, yeah, I, I would like it to be uh, like this next episode feels like a good opportunity to do a Mark Spectre centric episode. Yeah, it focuses on him. The Steve is what I'll call he's in the reflection almost, and that you've got mainly Mark. And then Steve's like, Look, you need to tell me what's going on. How did you get wrapped up with this? This, and then Mark goes something like, Well, I already know. I'll allow. I'll let you kind of in. You, you and then have some sort of thing where you know mm. Steve opens his eyes, zooms his head back, and then you get to see the memory of. 
uh, from Mark's perspective. Yeah, because I'd like to know more about it because when they were in the like the bunker room, the storage unit, he's like, "Tell me who you are. Tell me what you, what you are." And he's like, "You sure you want to know that?" And then he's like, "Oh, I'm Conchu's avatar," and that felt kind of anticlimactic. So it'd be mm-hmm. quite nice to see. Oh, you're Conchu's avatar. Like, what yeah. does that actually mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, because that's the, the, the weird thing with Mark Spector is like, say, him being Moon Knight. As you said, it's a culmination, actually. But also, it's almost like, in parts, one of the most boring parts about him. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, he's obviously got, he's got, you know, he's got DID. He is, he was a mercenary. Like, you know, um, you're going to meet his um, original best friend. You've seen the name in the last episode, um, Champ. So you're going to meet Frenchie. So you are going to get these flashbacks, I think, to to his his mercenary days. But, um. Yeah. Um. Again, it's that thing of like I don't want to spoil it because <laughs> I it's sort of like you know so I'm in the know I know what happened you know but I don't want to spoil it but um the thing is that I I like the fact that you said like he's brooding and it, you know it could be quite cliche but like Mark Spector's are not a nice guy you know like he's not going to be that clean cut hero. Um, and I'm hoping they keep that. I hope they keep that, that he's actually sort of like, look, I, I do good things, or well, the outcome is good, positive for the, mo- for the most part, but, you know, sort of people get hurt along the way. Do you know who he makes me think of? He makes me think of, oh, um, is it The Punisher? I was going to, I was yeah. about to actually I mean, He say makes that. me think of The Punisher, because is it Frank Castle? Mm. Like, yeah. with Frank Castle, you like, Obviously, he does really shitty things, but then you find out stuff about his family and you're like, oh, oh God, okay, that's awful, which I think is what's going to probably happen with Mark Spector. Because obviously, it, it indicates that he's not a nice guy. You said that he's not a nice guy, but obviously, he must be doing something because he wants to protect Layla. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there has to be some sort of redeeming factor, redeeming factor towards his Red- character. Yeah, redemption. Well, I think this whole thing of being Moon is his redemption like this is him trying to make up for some of the stuff that he's done in the past i mean when they're in the car with those two policemen like they're going through his file and they do sort of say you know mercenary done this and that and he like uh he says that they they, uh attacked this dig this archaeological dig in egypt and killed everyone execution style and they're like even the even the driver's like that's dark like that is dark um and you are going to find out, I'm hoping you are going to find out like what led him to that dig. And because uh, in fact, you, well, they're going to have to, because it's like you say, I want to see the, this resurrection, as you say. Um, and there's a character that is often considered to be Mark's nemesis. Because um, it's, you know, that question of like, you know, he, you're right, he died, right? And he says it, he, he basically says, like, I died and, and he was resurrected. You know, who killed him? Mm. Mm. Right, so and, and that's going to be a key factor to this. It's like, well, who actually killed him, and you know, was Layla involved and all that kind of stuff? So. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is is were Layla and Mark married before he died, or is this something that's happened since he was resurrected? Like, yeah, it's. I, I want to know that information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, there's a lot of questions around it, and I, I'm hoping because this has gone back to Egypt, it's a perfect yeah. opportunity to be like, here's a flashback, and you've kind of got the mystery somewhat wrapped up and then the next half of the series can push on and we can, you know, kind of get on with finding out more about Moon Knight and fighting mm-hmm. CGI jackals. I'd rather watch them fight humans and like beat them to a pulp. But, you know, 
I want to see some stuff actually happening now. We've got the the groundwork. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm just thinking. I'm getting flashbacks to Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I'm yeah. Just like, is it going to take forever to get into things? <laughs> and then it's going to be a big cameo, and it's going to completely take away from the whole show. I really hope not. That would yeah. really annoy me. But I'm like, this next episode, if they do what I kind of want or hope, that's great. If they keep at the pace they're going now, I'll be. I won't hate it. I didn't hate Book of Boba Fett. I'll still enjoy it, but I'm just like, I want it to be elevated. I want where I invest more time in Disney Plus series and we've watched all of them. Yeah. Uh, aside from the like, agency, like, all the new sort of ones. Um, it's just that like, I don't want to have to keep investing six plus weeks. Yeah, give me, give me a good series, Marvel. Come on. Because yeah, you haven't been as much of a fan with all of them. Whereas. Yeah, I wasn't overly fussed by. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. Falcon the... and the Winter Soldier was all right. I wasn't mm. overly. I, I thought Loki was all right. Like most of them are just all right. None of them have really like amazed Blown me. Your way. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And I was I re- I was really enamoured with the first episode. I was like, oh my god, this can be amazing. And then this comes in a sort of like that second album effect where you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you do. Oh, okay, all right. That's good. this is going to be the pace. We're going to get Stephen Grant dicking around for forty minutes, and then for ten minutes we might get some action. Like it. You, they've got to switch it up, and like I say, now they're in Egypt. I want to know more. Um, and the, but the thing is, this was the criticism. Like the first four episodes were released and were reviewed, and one of the things that got picked out was that there wasn't enough Moon Knight. So I'm 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 a bit concerned now that this may be the tract. You know, like I didn't mind it in the first episode, but I want a bit more fighty, fighty, punchy, punchy. Like you know, let's let's have a bit more of that, please. Um, yeah, I know, we I shall see. If the if the last two episodes are amazing, then that's fine. I'm I'm fine for series to get better. Yeah, what I don't want Marvel to make a habit of is basically going here's six episodes. We only really have an, enough true content for about four. Yeah. Four seems a bit short, so we'll always do six, and then you always have a couple of episodes that are a little bit Meh. unneeded. I mean, we found it with because we've been watching uh, Daredevil, which I think is quite a fair comparison to make. To mm. this, I feel like this is a stepping stone, or could be between the MCU stuff we're getting at the moment and the Netflix yeah, yeah. MCU now MCU stuff, you know, it's in Canon um, apparently. So yeah, saying, so yeah. Yeah. Which parts are in Canon? Are they keeping Iron Fist? I hope not. Um, <laughs> with, um, with that, Megan has now seen series one and two of dead. Everyone making her way through series three and she's not seen any of the other shows, whereas I've seen series one of pretty much all of them. Mm. Um, but I'm like with, with daredevil as much as I love daredevil, there's 13 episodes and realistically there needs to be about nine. Yeah. If not less. And I'm just worried that there's a lot of times where they go, right, we've committed to six episodes. Let's just do this for like three years. And you're like, I'd rather have four that are phenomenal than six that are pretty good. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think that they say, well, you think one of the things that's, that's interesting, like going back to like WandaVision, for example, right to the beginning, one of the things that we said, I think when, you know, I remember talking about this with, with people and, you know, guys, especially in the comics and motion stream was like, isn't it cool that they're not being held to a time scale? Like, you know, they're not being held to like an episode um, time limit. Like some episodes can be 25 minutes. The next one can be 40 minutes. And then the next one can be 50 minutes. And then they're back to a, like a half hour episode. Like as long as the content's good and the story's good for that episode, like be as long as you want. But, you know, these episodes all feel a bit too long. Yeah. And I'm like, look, they don't have to be 50 minutes. Like if you haven't got 50 minutes of story, don't try and fill 50 minutes, like cut back, like give me 40 minutes that are really punchy and really good. And I will appreciate that more than 50 minutes that sort of feels like a bit of a slog. Mm. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's not like it's on like public TV, is it? Like, yeah. 
when because because I listen to the office ladies podcast and they talk a lot about how they had to specifically cut things down because every episode had to be specifically like 22 minutes and Mm. many seconds so so much good content got cut out because of the fact that they were constrained to a time limit and it's the same when it's a longer thing why would you force it to be an hour long if it doesn't need to be an hour long like yeah it is it, it frustrates me when a lot of franchises do this like i mean harry potter's doing it with the wizarding world franchise and that's five films apparently even though there's not enough content because fantastic beasts is literally this tiny little book but it's just like trying to get blood out of a stone i feel like mm-hmm. whenever they announce it and with like fantastic beasts so it's a slight tangent but it was like five movies when they announced it and i was like do they have enough content for five and then you watch the first one you go oh maybe and then you watch the second one you go no, no. <laughs> yeah they do, they that's do gonna not... be the trilogy that should have really just been a trilogy i think yeah, yeah. yeah. and then you know hopefully the next one's gonna be cool but you know, aside from that it is that annoying thing where it's just things being we've discussed it a little bit recently where we're getting a little bit sick now of every great movie being over two and a half hours long. Oh now. yeah. Jesus. Like, so annoying. Loved the Batman. Yeah. Loved it. Won't see any spoilers for it. I thought it was excellent. However, I feel like you could shave me by myself in the editing room, probably 10 minutes off just elongated scenes. Yeah. And I know people would argue, yeah, but that makes a film. I'm like, yeah, but when it's nearing three hours. But it's the same way. So I'm watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer at the moment and there's an episode. never seen it before. Yeah. So, so oh, well. no, no spoilers. And I've I don't, I don't know there. anything. So I'm somehow. Wonderful. It's great. Show. Yeah. It's a, mir- so it's a miracle that I haven't, it hasn't been spoiled but um there was one scene of Buffy crying and it went on for so long <laughs> I was just like obviously they have to make it a certain amount of minutes because this came out on tv mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like so they've just put in a good solid like like at least 30 seconds of Buffy just crying and I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's like we get it she's sad yeah and Buffy suffers from the episode syndrome as well where it's like 22 episodes a series it's like but you only have oh, 16 yeah. good episodes and yeah then four yeah. Are awful and then four are okay yeah. loads um, of shows do that though I, I went through I watched Supernatural like I, I love you know the whole Supernatural thing but it's the same like there's 22 episodes or something in a season and you like you get up to a point and you're like the last three, even the X Files, I used to love the X Files. But you get like, the last three feel a little bit like, you know, you've got something big coming, yeah, but you've got to fill these three slots. So you've just gone, eh, vampires, you know, or like <laughs> monster of the week, eh, yeah, exactly. Like what? Not even a good monster of the week though. Just sort of like, eh, aliens. Like you know, <laughs> move on. Um, and so I know what you mean with that. Um, but Buffy is great. Buffy is an absolutely phenomenal show. One thing I'll say about Buffy, oh, not spoil it, but like. They knew when to end it, I think. Yeah. And so it, it it does have a solid um, arc across the seven seasons. So I agree. Um, what series are we on? Uh, we're halfway through series five. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Ah, so you've gone through the shittest season, which was the one in college. Um, oh, yeah. With they're, the they're, they're still... The initiative. At, yeah, they're yeah. still at college, but they're not so much focused on the fact that they're at college now. Yeah. yeah. yeah we're past the initiative point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. I, I think series one's the weakest, but I, we're gonna we're gonna do a big. <laughs> I should leave all. Let's go. Not, that's not Moon. Up. We're not going to complete tangent. We'll bring we'll, it back. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. I will say yeah. just to the listeners because comics and motion stuff. Uh, we are going to at some point when we finish Buffy probably try and do a season's greetings thing where it's going to be like a. He's a newbie. He's never seen it before. Just give Wicked. her opinions on Buffy. That will force her into it. Announce it on here so she can't say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, we'll we, we sort of wrap up then on Moon Knight. We've gone through all the things. Any final thoughts though on on Moon Knight uh, or this episode? Um, yeah, I think uh, as I kind of said, I want it to 
I, I want it to be more like the first episode than the second episode. I still enjoyed the second episode. And if it is mm. the second for the rest of it, that kind of unnecessarily quippy stuff, I'll still enjoy it because it's, I heard someone describe it as both Star Wars and um, MCU stuff a lot of the time. It's like, it's like pizza. You know, mm-hmm. even with when mm-hmm. it's bad, it's still good. So I'm still, yeah. but it's just, I want this to be phenomenal. I want it to be the MCU show that I go back to and watch. Whereas I haven't done that with, I mean, even the Star Wars shows I really like, but there hasn't been one that I'm like, I need to rewatch this. Like, the Mandalorian I, you wanted to rewatch. But I want to rewatch it full book of Boba Fett. I, I, when we finished it, I wasn't like immediately, I need to rewatch episodes. Yeah, yeah. I there need was, my daily fix of Grogu. Yeah, there was the Ahsoka <laughs> one I rewatched. But aside from that, like, there's not, and with the MCU shows, I loved Loki, thought it was great. Do mm. I want to watch Loki as much as I want to rewatch Thor Ragnarok or Infinity War Endgame? No, no, or yeah. even Winter Soldier. And it's a big investment. So I want it to have that big payoff. Uh, that's for, for me. Uh, what about you, Megan? I am intrigued. I just don't want it to fall into the like classic trope of being like, oh, we've got this person against this person. And then some in some really random janky way, they're going to manage to stop the baddie. Like, oh, yeah. Like some like ex machina shit would really annoy me if that happens in this because mm. it doesn't feel like it should be that kind of mm. TV show. But yeah, I want to know more about Mark Spector and his backstory. I'm intrigued. Layla and stuff. And with Layla. Yeah, I want to know if they were together before he died. And I want to see all of that stuff because I mean, I, I it confuses me. So I, I want it to be resolved in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it will be. I definitely think it will be. I agree. There's a lot of stuff. I'm intrigued. I mean, I am enjoying the overarch, the overall thing. Uh, and whenever, like, you know, Moon Knight's in it, I love the design. I love it. And I think Oscar Isaac is good. Mm. I'm hoping this is the episode where they've gone, we've done the funny. Now we can move on. And the next episode, as you sort of said, Mike, is going to be a, a Mark-centric episode. I mean, get something a little bit different for the next couple. Um, that's what I'm really hoping for. You said about the trailers as well. There are a couple of shots from the trailer that I have in my head now that I'm like, I wonder where they're going to come in. Mm. And they're in a shot of like a crazy sort of like warped sky. Uh, and they're in a desert, it's on a sand dune, and they've got Konshu, and then it is Mr. Knight in his mm. suit with Layla. And so I want to know like what's happening there. So I'm like, where's that going to go? So I've got this vi- image in my head. I'm like, okay, that's got to fit in somewhere. So what's going to happen? <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but no, very much, no, guys, thank you very much. But last thing, last week I, I recommended the, the first volume of the epic collection of the, of the, the Moon Knight series. Go back to the origin. It's got all the stuff in there from the comics from his, his first appearance in Werewolf by Night 32. Uh, but for this week, I'm going to recommend, uh, it's called uh, From the Dead. It's volume one. Uh, it's a six issue run. I've got it here. Sort of, it was written by Warren Ellis. Uh, I know certain people have feelings on him and he did some terrible things, but uh, I'm not promoting him. But it was drawn by Declan Shelby. Uh, and uh, coloured by the amazing Geordie Belair. I think I love her colours. And this is the introduction of Mr. Knight. Well, Mr. Knight's sort of introduced actually by Warren Ellis in Secret Avengers, but this was his official uh, introduction. So I'll just quickly show it in just to show for you guys. There you go. Declan Shelby's Mr. Knight. Very cool. Uh, looking badass. Mm. Um, and so that's where the, that character, and now he has become a bit of a staple. Um, and in the most recent run, he sort of runs the Midnight Mission as Mr. Knight. So go check that out. Uh, it's available on Amazon and all the usual places or on, on Comicsology if you can get the damn thing to work these days. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, yes, go check it out. Uh, but Mike, Megan, uh, it's been wonderful talking to you guys um, about uh, Moon Knight. Uh, and Mike in particular, where can people find you and what are you doing at the moment? 
Yeah, well, thank you for having us. It's been delightful having the three of us back together because we, mm. when we met you in real life, that was the last time we saw you. And before that was the Batman retrospective, I think, actually. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. obviously I've done podcasts with you on um, different things, but not with Megan. She's a special, it's like a blue moon. Hey, connection. <laughs> I'm like a blue moon. You come as Oh, I get music. you, I get you, I get you. <laughs> yeah. I feel uh, you, bro. I feel you. <laughs> 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 um, but yes, what am I doing at the moment? Um, well, I have, uh, when's, this being, when's this being released? Is it like tomorrow? Tomorrow. Uh, yeah friday yeah tomorrow cool uh well then the episode that i've been cooking on uh cooking on waiting on i'm, I'm sitting I'm, on sitting on man i am running out of energy very quickly and words are, <laughs> are, are failing me um i've just had a conversation with Kevin scott who's a star wars uh, author and he's also done a lot of stuff for doctor who and he's got his own uh, series out shadow service and lots of other stuff so that's dropping on the feed of comics in motion and also on genuine chit chat this weekend so it'll be in a day or two after this yeah and people should be able to watch the youtube version as well with video so you'll be able to see our lovely faces um and that's the main thing at the moment and then me and megan are away so there's going to be a little bit of patreon content released on the various feeds of uh, comics and canon or Comics in Motion with uh, Styles Comics and Canon on every Saturday. And uh, with Genuine Chit Chat, it'll be something else as well. From Taken from the Patreon archive, and people on Patreon will get some extra special treats. But you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat on all the social media places to keep up to date with me, Megan. Your one and only tag that you need to give. I have a podcast, everyone. It's called I Don't Have a Podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I have Instagram. It's Grits Gets Fit. I'm not going to spell it out, Mike. He's looking at me. He's like, <laughs> spell it out. I'm like, grits gets fit. You can figure it out. But G-R-I-T-T-S. that's me. G-R-I-T-T-S. There you go. G-R-I-T-T-S gets fit. Um, I've, to be honest, I've been pretty relaxed with my Instagram recently. So I need to get back on it. But sometimes you can see pictures of food, sometimes a sweaty face, and sometimes a picture of a tortoise. So what a nice little treat. And sometimes all three. Yeah, sometimes all three. What a great day. Yeah. What about you, Scott? What have you got cooking? Oh, what have we got cooking? So ladies and gentlemen, yeah, you can find me at 20th Century Geek on all the social medias. Uh, and obviously with 20th Century Geek cracking on, we've got um, the usual sort of cycle of things coming out now. I've recently done, um, well, with this episode coming out, well, I don't know, I did story time coming out today. I work with Blake. Biles, uh, Biles, Cross, I'm going to say now, just Blake. We talked about uh, again by Ramsey Campbell. And the next one, next week, uh, we've got uh, me and my brother from another mother, Julian Darius, talking about uh, then and again uh, films and their remake. And we're talking about Yojimbo and a fistful of dollars. Um, so that's going to be really good fun. And also, yeah, come find us at Pod Time Space, that Stories Out of Time and Space podcast where me and Julian talk about sci fi films every other week. And at the moment, we're doing a Doctor Who deep dive. Um, and we're doing each of the classic doctors. We're doing the sort of like the most popular, we sort of recommended stories from each of the classic doctors, and that's been quite interesting, really, because uh, some of them good, some of them not so good. Let's be clear, <laughs> but they're good, it's all good fun. I'm really enjoying that. But yes, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us in the Midnight Mission. I hope you're enjoying Moon Knight, and uh, you'll join us for next week's episode. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs>